1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Guidepost. Willie Goldsmith here, uh, ready for another exciting episode today. We're bringing in our New Hampshire board member, Captain Peter Whalen, uh, who was recently appointed to the New England Fishery Management Council. Peter's got a lot of great fish stories to share. He's got an incredible wealth of information about fishing in New England waters, and we're, we're super pumped to have him on here to talk about uh, his experience in, in the fisheries as well as his uh, his newfound appointment. So welcome to The Guidepost, Peter.
0: Yeah, thanks, Willie. I, I appreciate uh the podcast and um I'm really looking forward to serving on the council coming up. So uh I think officially I I uh take office uh August tenth and then I think there's a swearing in at the end of September. But uh <clears throat> I'm looking forward to uh representing all the anglers in uh in New Hampshire and both commercial and recreational. I mean the uh the uh the job is a big one. I haven't decided on what committees I want to be on yet, but, you know, it's a tight position where you've got to do a lot of listening and, um, you know, talking to people and see where the, the anglers and both recreational and commercial are at, you know, in New Hampshire and Try to represent the state as best you can. There's a lot of big issues moving forward.
1: Yeah, And as, as I think you were alluding to earlier, you've gotten some, some messaging coming your way saying, you know, congratulations and condolences at the same time, right? So, yes, you know it's, a, it's an ex, you know, it's certainly an accolade. It's an exciting thing to be doing, but it's not without its share of abuse and, uh, and tough work as well.
0: Yeah, it's, um, you know, for me, it's, um, it, it's, I've been looking forward to it. I've watched the council's. Since I moved to New England in 1990, in action, and um, not that I agree with everything that they've done, I think it's been a rocky road in New England trying to get you know these stocks under control and and recovery. But you know, a little bit of background um, on my a little some of my background is I grew up um, just outside of Philadelphia, but I spent probably 22 years at the Jersey Shore. We had a house on Long Beach Island. And I, you know, worked on the party boats. I was a lifeguard there. I did a lot of things, you know, on the beach. And I've watched both the commercial and recreational fishery in New Jersey over the years. And especially, um, you know, when I was younger, you know, the US didn't have a 200 mile limit. And I remember foreign boats seeing them right off the beach. And I've watched kind of the full cycle of the American fishery take place where, you know, people were commercial fishermen were given low cost loans and go out and buy boats and build boats and get into fishing. And especially in Barnica light, we had a pretty robust, um, long line fishery. People were fishing for tilefish, fish, yellowfin, um, swordfish, you know, everything. So I've seen the whole gamut over the years. So, I come with a lot of experience in that. Um, I moved to New England in 1990 and have been probably guiding for the past 12 to 15 years. Um, so it's been, um, you know, mostly inshore, not a lot of offshore, uh, fishing, fishing, but I do fish for tuna when I can, but I'm looking forward to kind of getting involved with cod and haddock. I think that's kind of always been the, signature fishery here in new england yeah
1: and, and before we go further peter i think you know i i should i should have mentioned of course in addition to being our new hampshire board member you know you own and operate shoals uh light tackle and fly fishing up in portsmouth and i think uh i think you ought to share what's been going on recently it sounds like you've had some pretty incredible fishing
0: yeah this summer has been uh it's been an unusual summer i mean usually um you know we get a wave of uh small fish you know under 20 inches that come into the estuaries and, you know, we fly fish for them and everything. But this year, the, the year classes have been, you know, on the over 20 range. And it's been a phenomenal year. A lot of bait um, in the estuary. Um, so I fish out of the Piscataqua and and Great Bay. And then pretty much the whole ocean area from Portsmouth North to uh, Algonquid. But uh, the past three weeks, we've had kind of incredible schools of Big striped bass, 30 to 50 pounds, mile off the beach, just hundreds or thousands of fish in these school. They've been acres and they've been on mackerel, which has been kind of interesting. So we've been uh, throwing uh, big plugs for them and it's just been a phenomenal fishery. I mean, it's something that I haven't seen here in probably 10 years. Um, and we've had it multiple days for a week. It's kind of like, you want to bring a biologist up from Atlantic States Marine Fishery and just show them what's going on. So it's been an incredible summer so far. And the tuna fishery has been pretty good. A lot of giants are starting to come in. Um, Plenty of small fish
1: down toward down in Mass Bay, too. So maybe those will be creeping up your way with all that bait and shore,
0: huh? Yeah, we hope so. And then, you know, of course, we've got pogies now right along the beaches. And that's something we haven't had, uh, you know, for a long time. but. So the fishing has been pretty good. Um, you know, Gulf of Maine as probably most people know is kind of ground zero for global warming. I mean, our temperatures have crept up two or three degrees. So in some ways, anecdotally, I just think we're the benefit, um, uh, at least the, some of the anglers in New Hampshire and Maine are that colder water and those fish are streaming North and staying here with the bait. Um,
1: have you seen any? Um, you know, as 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 you know, we're starting a new false albacore project, which we covered on our last podcast down in down in Nantucket Sound. And you know, I've heard some uh, some whispers of Benito up in Maine. And you know, I've heard a, a couple of friends very quietly tell me about some about some albies they were catching in Boston Harbor. Have you seen any of those fish up in your neck of the woods?
0: No, no albies yet. I mean, I'm pretty experienced with albies from my time in New Jersey, but we have caught last year. We had uh, Benito mixed in with some of the mackerel schools. So, and that'll be later on the season as that's kind of the water kind of warms up, but, uh, no false albacore, but we do get small bluefin tuna, which I think is, um, is pretty cool. So yeah,
1: hundred percent, hundred percent. And I will say, I know you've been in new England for over three decades, but you still say water. So it sounds like that, that Pennsylvania accent can't be shaked too easily.
0: No, it's still, uh, it's still the same <laughs> way, but, uh, no, I've enjoyed. I've I've uh, been involved in the marine fishery here in New England since I arrived. I serve on the governor's of uh, New Hampshire's Marine Advisory Board, and we look at all the rules and regulations, aquaculture projects, and everything else, both coastwide and you know in the bays and estuaries. So I've worked pretty. I've worked pretty closely with Cherie Patterson, who's our current marine, um, you know, marine director for New Hampshire.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I will say, I mean, certainly through Amendment 7 and all the ASMFC stuff we've dealt with, you know, Dennis Abbott and uh, and Richie White and Shuri have been been pretty, uh, you know, staunch advocates for conservation. It's been great to see. And they're obviously a, a powerful voice at the table there in the stri- striped bass board and elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I will say this, that both Richie White and Dennis Abbott are probably on the water three to four days a week just personally fishing. So they have a pretty good idea of the fishery and what's going on and, you know, talk to anglers and it's pretty refreshing. I think that their stances on striped bass and, um, some of the other species have kind of helped af 7 AF- see you know, through some tough times, you know, in the past few years.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. They're pretty, they're pretty passionate. I don't think anybody can deny <laughs> that when they, when they start talking, you listen, right. So, <laughs> right.
0: Right. They've been around. So Rich, actually I think Richie's retiring. I think okay. the September meeting is his last meeting and, um, I'm not sure. I think it's going to be Doug Grout, who's a former Marine yeah, sure. from from uh, New Hampshire, who's going to take Richie's place. So that bodes well for you know, all the anglers up and down the East Coast, because Doug is a real conservationist um, you know, and did a pretty nice job when he headed up um, you know, New Hampshire Marine Fisheries. Yep, so yep. Uh, we're looking forward to that.
1: Awesome. So thinking about, you know, you had mentioned your your role with the with the state of New Hampshire. And I know you've been on some ASMFC committees in the past as well. And, you know, this is a theme we we see over and over again, right? Thinking about guys who are on the water all the time who really, you know, they get involved. They get involved in the management discussion. Obviously, that's something we we push a lot, right? Trying to educate folks and and get them engaged. And I'm just kind of wondering, for you, was there like a certain event or was there some was there something going on that really made you feel like you had to get involved? You had to be a voice in the conversation.
0: Yeah, I think it was, um, you know, years ago, I can remember um, at the Jersey Shore catching a striped bass. At that time, um, you know, you could keep one fish over 18 inches. and I remember catching one and I was a teenager and I reeled it in and I asked my father, I said, what kind of fish is this? You know, and there, there just were no stripers around. And it was interesting when I came to New Hampshire. There really wasn't, um, you know, we were kind of almost coming out of the moratorium then, and you know, some of the new amendments are starting. So, and and when you live up here, and straight bass is such a key species for everything for boating, for all the industry, tourism. You know, that's when I really just started to, to get involved, and I was one of the founding members of. Uh, Coastal Conservation Association of New Hampshire when we first started out. And at that time, Pat Kelleher was president of the main chapter, and we really started on the conservation of striped bass to try to get a voice in Atlantic State's marine fisheries. And I think it's paid off over the years. I mean, it was dominated by kind of commercial interests, you know, years and years ago. But I think now the recreational anglers have a seat at the table. And it's, and it's no, no different with the council, you know, with cod and haddock, you know, recreational part is very important. It's a big business. And they need to have a seat at the table you know, moving forward.
1: And, you know, you're you're mentioning your, your role in New Hampshire. And I'm thinking, you know, we've got listeners from around the country, right? And A lot of folks in the East Coast, you think about all that Cape Cod and, you know, Boston, North Shore, and then you think about Maine, you know, from, you know, Kittery all the way up, down East Maine, and then you've got New Hampshire kind of wedged in there. What is it? 18 miles of coastline, I think. Can you, can you tell us a bit about the fishery and like the fishing culture there? Because I know there's a lot packed into that little piece of coastline, and
0: maybe not a lot of folks are aware of it. Yeah, I mean, for us, you know, we only have 18 miles of coastline. Most people say, hey, there's saltwater in New Hampshire. What's going on there? But, (laughs) you know, if you start at the mass line, you have Hampton Harbor, which is uh, home to Al Gorin and a lot of uh, uh, party boat fleet that goes out of there. And then the next harbor up is Rye Harbor, which, um, you know, is a pretty little harbor. It's got some commercial fishing out of it, just as Hampton does and then going up further you have the Piscataqua River which is the fastest current um in the United States in that river we've got Man, an I did know foot- that that's wild huh. yeah we have an 8 foot tide that runs and <clears throat> at the um inland about 6 miles you have what's called Great Bay <clears throat> and Great Bay is fed by five five rivers that feed it and uh the Great Bay is the largest saltwater estuary North of the Chesapeake, so it's a very important ecosystem, and we have head of the tide dams that um, alewives go up to and river blueback river herring. So it's a very important estuary, um, you know. Moving forward, and people lobster all the way up in the Great Bay, so um, it's it's a very. New Hampshire has a lot to offer, um, you know, on the coastline here, and we were. Very fortunate to have a senator, uh, Senator Greg, when he was senator, uh got a lot of earmarks for New Hampshire and was able to buy up a lot of the land around Great Bay. And it's preserved in uh, perpetuity. I mean, it's a spectacular um area and estuary. And um, you know, we we all enjoy it here in New Hampshire. And so does so Yeah, it
1: sounds like a, sounds like a pretty fishy spot, huh?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's up up river. So when you live in Portsmouth, you're right at the uh, mouth of the Piscataqua. So you can fish the coastline and you can fish the river and then go all the way up, up in the Great Bay. And, um, you know, Portsmouth is a real tourist town, typical New England town, founded in the 1600s. And then offshore from New Hampshire, we have a set of islands. There's five islands. It's called the Isle of Shoals. And Appledore is the biggest one. It's home to uh, the Shoals Marine Lab, which is a joint venture between Cornell and the um, uh, University of New Hampshire. And uh, that that area um, was founded by the Dutch, and they actually came here in the early mid 1600s and caught fish and would dry cod out on those islands. Hmm.
1: So there's so it sounds like you can catch stripers smashing mackerel offshore, you can catch stripers, you know, grubbing around in the mud or whatever they're doing up in Great Bay. What's your favorite way to fish in New Hampshire?
0: Really, it's fly fishing for them. So I I like to go out early in the morning and we usually um, have birds and fish busting. And that's that's the most fun for me. I mean, we use seven way rods, usually a sink tip line, and uh, it works out very well that's, that's what I like to do. And, uh, you know, my clientele is about 50% fly. And then the other 50, other 50% is live bait or, um, you know, we throw plugs or lures or whatever, but, um,
1: are a lot of your folks, you know, uh, are a lot of them local or is it mostly tourists or regulars or, you know, what's kind of the makeup? Like, again, you know, New Hampshire is not a huge place, but it's near a lot of places where you don't have to go too far. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, um, I would say, uh, a lot of my clients are local. I probably have six or seven guys that charter me for four or five times a summer. Um, you know, and then I do. I have tourists. I was very fortunate a few years ago uh, with a web presence. With I used a company called the Flybook, which um, you can actually go online and pick days and book them. Is the way it works. And I started that six years ago. And you know, times have changed. So people. People don't want to talk to you anymore. They just want to go on the internet and look at your website. They, we millennials can't be bothered. They can't you know? be bothered. They, you know, can. they, they just show up. You know, I tell them, call me the day before and we'll check on the weather. Deal
1: with, yeah. Do you, do you have a Groupon? Right.
0: Right. So uh, it, it, it's worked out pretty well for me. But I, I do about 120 to 130 days a year on the water. Start May 15th and go to old Columbus Day. But it's a, it's a wonderful fishery we have here, and we're very fortunate. I don't know what we would do without straight bass. If we could only get some bluefish bass, yeah, that would be the next one.
1: Right, right. No, hundred percent. Hopefully, that rebuilding plan they're in will will get us there. So let's. Uh, I kind of want to shift gears a bit, Peter. And you would you had started talking about it a bit earlier. Uh, you know, you're obviously your new appointment of the New England Council, and. Uh, I think lots of listeners are aware, but, you know, our federal fisheries are managed um, under the authority of eight different regional fishery management councils. Uh, we've got on the East Coast, we've got the New England Fishery Management Council, the Mid-Atlantic Council, and the South Atlantic Council. And, uh, you know, every every year uh, there are governor's appointees. Or, or nominations to uh, to these councils. And then the, the Secretary of Commerce uh, appoints some of those members or some of those nominees uh, to the council. And again, we were super thrilled to see that Peter was the, uh, was the New Hampshire obligatory um, appointee, I think, to the New England Council this year. So he'll be starting up in, I think, September. Is that what you said, Peter? Is that
0: when the meeting is? Yeah, the first meeting's in Gloucester at the end of the last week in September. And I think we're all all the new appointees and probably will all be sworn in at that at that meeting, but gotcha yeah i was I was the governor's appointee, uh Governor Sununu, appointing me to the council, so uh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the council it's been interesting watching the council. I think they've got a lot on their plate uh, between offshore wind and all the environmental issues, right whales. there's a lot going on on the council at this point. And, uh, anyway, it's, it's going to yeah. be interesting, interesting, uh, term moving forward.
1: Yeah. And for folks who are interested, you know, in terms of the species, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of what, you know, we talk about is often mid-Atlantic council species and, you know, not exclusively, but certainly, you know, bluefish is one example. Scup, sea bass, summer flounder, all mid-Atlantic council. Uh, some examples of New England, man- New England council managed fish are like caught in haddock, for example, herring. Uh, all those Northeast multi-species ground fish as well, uh, you know, uh, sea scallops. So there's a, you know, a big variety of stuff. And, you know, I guess I'm, I'm curious, Peter, because obviously, you know, you've, you're, you're in New Hampshire, you're in, you're in New England, uh, and you're familiar with a lot of those federal fisheries. And, you know, as you've said, you're, you know, looking forward to really digging in. But a lot of what you do, at least right now, is is more focused on the inshore coastal stuff. And I'm kind of wondering what really drew you to get in, you know, <laughs> to to get into that 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 grueling role of of going to those meetings and making those tough decisions, where it seems like no matter what you do, somebody's not going to be particularly satisfied with the outcome.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've uh, you know, I served on the Portsmouth City Council. Uh, I did a little bit on the Habitat Committee at Atlantic States Marine Fisheries. I mean, I. Yeah, my whole career, my business career, I've been in kind of um, situations where you've got to do a lot of give and take. And it seems like, you know, what happened with the federal fisheries here. I mean, cod is an iconic species here in New England. It's everyone thinks about it. I mean, just the other day we were out jigging, trying to get bait, uh, jigging mackerel, and we caught a cod you know, inshore, it was, you know, within three miles, and the people on the boat didn't even know what it was. I mean, they, you know, and that's one species that here in New England, you know, you could catch 30 to 50 pound cod pretty regularly, you know, within four to five miles of the coast. And, you know, I think as a member of the council, and what's been going on, we have an obligation to try to rebuild that fishery. And get it back to where where it was at some point. Um, whether it can be rebuilt or not, I mean that's something that the biologists, you know, have to look at. But I've always, um, you know, anecdotal information is great, and people can talk about it. But you know, you got to follow the science. I mean, the science is the most important thing. And you know, with Magnuson Stevens uh, Stevenson Act, you know, you've got to rebuild these fisheries, and that's it take it's hard to do, and you gotta take some hard medicine and make some tough decisions, irregardless of you know where you sit or what your business is or where you're at, because you know you're you have an obligation to represent and get these fisheries back in shape, and that's uh you know I'm willing to do that I mean I know I got to make some tough decisions people all aren't gonna be happy about it, but um that's why you get appointed. You know, and uh,
1: yeah, you don't you don't do it to make friends, right? You do it because it's what you think is right, and you want to you want to help the resource. And I think as as many folks at this point know, I I decided to go to Norway, like a real uh, you know, a real genius uh, during Arctic winter this year to go catch cod. And we went we went to Norway to catch cod because, in the words of a friend of mine, it's cheaper than a time machine than you know turning back the clock on what we used to have in New England. And, uh, you know, and it really, a lot of that's in fairly recent memory, right? I mean, this was in the, you know, 2005, 2006, 2007, a lot of those big fish, you know, the last kind of the, the the last big spawning aggregation of those fish was around, um, in the Western Gulf of Maine. And so, you know, it's, 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 it's very recent history, right? And so I think there's, there's obviously, you know, there's, there's the sadness there, but there's also the hope that if you. If you put things in the right trajectory, you can hopefully get back to some semblance of what we used to have. I mean, it's been pretty, been pretty astonishing to see how dynamics have changed in the Gulf of Maine over the past couple decades.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting because um, I I do remember 2005 and six, and right south of the shoals, we have a gravel bottom there, and it's a big spawning area for cod. And for years, you know, people were able to go fish there. I went and fished, and you could catch. 30 and 40 pound cod and we didn't, you know, people didn't realize that that was a major spawning ground, you know, and then finally it was closed. I mean, the council, between the council and Atlantic States, they closed that area. And then hopefully that has an effect on, you know, rebuilding that fishery, but it was um, pretty awesome fishing there for, for many years. But, you know, we, we have an obligation to really get these fisheries back in shape. And do the best we can, um, you know, and that's what Magnus and Stevens. Hundred percent. What it's um,
1: all. Awesome. Well, Peter, we're so again, we're so happy to to have you be our board member and to have you be a uh, an appointee of the New England Council. We're, we're looking forward to great things from you, and you know, thanks so much for for joining us today on the Guidepost. And I just hope that those those fish stick around for you. I mean, it sounds like it's been a been a pretty special year, and it would be a a, a nice way to uh, to keep the summer going.